0: Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same.
1: From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Bob Williams, welcome to the Jim Gerhardt Podcast for this week. And here he is, our humble host, Jim Gerhardt. Jim, where do we begin? So much going on. We had snow. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, yeah, Yeah, for people who
0: might not be familiar with what we do here, this is the program that asks the question, where are we going? Why are we in the handbasket? I, I would say, get a good grip on the gunnels of the handbasket because <laughs> we're closing in on, on that place. I, I got to do one thing to start off the bat, then we'll talk about some New Jersey items. Uh, one of the great mysteries coming out of the inauguration was the envelope in the desk drawer in the, uh, uh, the Oval Office yes. that former President Trump had left for the new President Biden. And he did not reveal that, and he said he he would reveal it possibly later. As far as I know, that has not been revealed. But I think I know what was in the in the envelope. What what do you think? It's a short note. Yeah. To the president from Donald Trump to uh, to uh, Biden. Right. And says, "Meet me behind the gym at eight. <laughs> that that's as good a guess as <laughs> anybody's. Yeah. To think about that for a second. Well, he was the one who said he wanted to take the president out behind it and and beat the you know something out of it. Right. So that's it. Uh, I don't know if they met. I I don't think they have, or whether, or by you know, one thing about the note. Seriously, we know that in the note there is a very good uh, conciliatory message. Now, if there had not been. If there had been anything negative in there at all, the media would be blowing this up, and and the president and all the the left political establishment would be blowing it up like mad. And so we know there was nothing negative in there that they could grab onto. Okay, you uh, you you talked about uh, you mentioned the weather, which of course has been something interesting. I understand we got another one coming in, mm-hmm. so we sort of stick our heads out of the hole and then back down again for the weekend. Uh, What's going on now? The uh, uh, the COVID business, and I mentioned this uh, to you. That a question I would have is, in spite of all the tumult, the shouting, the regulations, the restrictions, the rhetoric, the predictions, I have not gleaned any inkling of a concerted
1: plan behind the response to this. Have right. you? Have anybody? No. Uh, From what I'm gathering, and I'm just looking at a bunch of sources like everybody else, it seems like this administration is just carrying over a lot of the same policies as the previous one. And, you know, we're just going to have to just continue going. But I don't see any earth shattering changes or any policy moves here.
0: Well, it looks like uh, a continuation of the government with both feet firmly planted in midair. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that nobody knows whether to cock or go blind over this whole thing, but but there was a relax uh, relaxation of one restriction in New Jersey. I understand.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, the uh, governor is uh, li- uh, relaxed the uh, the uh, indoor dining restrictions as of tomorrow morning, Friday. Uh, The restrictions will be up to 35% capacity for indoor dining here in the state, just in time for Super Bowl weekend and Valentine's Day. This also has a good effect on any indoor businesses, gyms, uh, spas, um, hair salons, anything with, uh, you know, capacities inside. And I think they can even have, uh, you know, gatherings for church and religious uh, events. Mm. That's up to 35% as of this uh, tomorrow morning.
0: Well, you know, talked about you know looking around for a blessing here. We can thank heavens that we are not in California because <laughs> it, it is so ridiculously out of hand out there. Right. The uh, in New Jersey, I, I I think you'd have to hand it to the government of New Jersey. So far, they're probably doing the best that they know how because everybody's been hit with something that is unprecedented. Right. Nobody knows what to do. There is a great. Uh, sort of confusion about jurisdiction and authority in this whole thing. Right. But I, I saw a story this morning, and thank heavens we haven't gotten to this, in uh, one of the cities, I think, in Orange County, California, the government, and, and they're trying to do this statewide now, has imposed a mandatory extra $5 an hour on workers who work in markets. Yes, I did see that. And the Kroger's market, Kroger's not around here, I think, but they're huge in other parts of the country. Major, and, uh, They're sort of, a shop right of the shop bright of the South and the West, Right, but they have, they closed down two of their biggest stores. So right. at least there is, for the first time, some pushback right. on this whole thing. Uh, the restriction is ridiculous because it, it pinpoints businesses or these markets, not the local ones, but their national Organizations, how many people they employ, right? Uh, so these stores just said the heck with it, uh, you know, stick it where the sun don't shine, and and off we'll go, right? Maybe yeah. there'll be more of that as
1: this goes along.
0: I don't know, but some of the most absurd stuff, and of course, it all starts in California.
1: Yeah, and while we're talking California, um, you've been probably following the uh, recall. Uh, effort, uh, the petition that's going around to recall their governor. Apparently, they're getting close to the uh, max, to the minimum that they need to at least get legislation going or however they would do a recall for the California governor. They're up to 1.2 million. I think the total they need is 1.5 million. But I don't know if you saw this the other day. Apparently, there's some shutdown with communications on social media. Uh, yeah. with some of these uh, groups that want to you know, get the uh, governor recalled. That uh, their message is not getting out. Some of their websites or some of their pages are getting shut down. Gee, we mm-hmm. haven't heard that before, right?
0: Well, of course, the governor of California, Mr. Newsom, is among the what very very wealthy elite. Yeah. So he's a member of the club, and he's very thick with the uh, uh, internet people, the the tech people. And so yes, they they apparently, so we're told, they shut down the. Uh, the uh, communication, <laughs> you, you, the people who are organizing this can't use social media anymore. Speaking of that, uh, if there is a interesting kind of a thing here. The, uh, I had kind a of thought that went through my head and went right out the other side. So I'll get back to that. Okay. Uh, but but it has, has to do with uh, the, uh, the, the machinations of the, uh, of, of the media. Okay, so anyway, uh, New Jersey uh, seems to be
1: stumbling along. Oh, except I know, I know.
0: Bet you were going to mention this—the unemployment.
1: Yes, Uh, Dan. Dan Alexander. Good morning, Dan, our uh, director and our newsman extraordinaire. Dan's been following the story about the um, the unemployment problems. Dan, what a surprise! Uh, Rollout of the extended unemployment benefits are are delayed, or they're having a whole bunch of technical issues. Correct. So Dan, so it's not a, it's not a question of not having the funds to distribute. It's just a matter of they don't have a system in place to do this distribution because apparently these benefits should have been distributed uh, just uh, in in sync back in December, correct? To <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: It's interesting because the last time this came up, the trouble with the unemployment fund, was uh, 2009, right after the, the big crash of that time. And the problem there was that the state had taken the money from the unemployment fund and spent it all, blown it, on projects generally to buy votes one way or the other. So there was no money in the state unemployment fund, so they had to borrow millions of dollars from the federal government to meet it. So this time, they come by and history repeats itself with a problem. And they screw that up for for different reasons. So it looks like there's certain uh, tradition going on here.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, Jim, going back to your main theme today, we're we're just so confused getting so much misinformation and just, you know, different messages about this and what's what's right about uh, the unemployment and what to do and what direction with the vaccines, how to register and... When are we going to get the vaccines? You know, another issue is, you know, we're getting mixed messages about sending kids back to school with this, uh, with the virus. Um, You know, some people are saying that, uh, you know, some officials are saying, oh, it's okay to go back to to school, send the teachers back. Um, And the teachers unions are pushing back in some districts. Uh, For example, uh, Dan was mentioning that uh, the Montclair Board of Ed is actually suing their teachers union to get them back in the classroom. So yeah, that's, that's one my, of yeah, many. Yeah. People are just pushing back, and they're just—they're done with the with the lack of cohesiveness here.
0: Yeah, that's going on all over the country. Apparently, I was reading a story, I think, in Chicago. Notably, push has come to shove. Now it's a real fight over, over that, and uh, whether the uh, they order the National Guard to go in and teach. I guess <laughs> so will be the next thing to do. You know what I was? What I had thought, as I said, it sort of swam through my mind. It's not only trying to figure out what's going on here and how one stands at it at oneself. For example, I don't have the vaguest notion of anything about getting a shot.
1: Hmm.
0: Nothing about it. I do not know. I, I, uh, because somehow or other, that has not been communicated with me. But I thought kind of a larger picture here is that we don't know what to think anymore. right? Because media... I think even down to a local level, has been driven to extreme polarity right now. Yes. And there is no rational middle course. Uh, we had, uh, what, 93% or something of the media is super liberal, uh, which leaves Fox News on the other side, I guess. Right. And uh, and, and a couple of other, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, there's another one whose name escapes me right now. Uh, but there are other channels, but even they have gone to extremes. I I, I saw things again. I started watching uh, evening news on Fox News. I think six uh, to seven or whatever, uh, because I was a very big fan of Charles Krauthammer. Yes, who, who passed away. I he, I thought he was an extremely rational, intelligent man, and of course he passed away. That was the end of that. But in in tuning to that now, I saw a couple of things the other night that. And In fact, in response to the uh, what extreme position of the left, there are extremes on the right now being kicked up by this competition uh, yes. in in the major media. And I, I'll tell you what I saw, and I this this bothered me. And it was night, I think it was uh, uh, with Sean Hannity. Uh, they so brought up this story about the seven-year-old child who was. Uh, pepper spray. Did
1: you see that? Yes, yeah.
0: Dan, you must have, you know, know that story. And this was in New York State, I think, Rochester, somewhere
1: Rochester, up Rochester, I believe, Dan. Uh, I mean, uh, Jim. yeah, Rochester. Okay, well, here was a seven-year-old child, girl. Uh,
0: she was clearly, by the film that they had, hysterical. The police had been called, as best of my understanding, because of some kind of a domestic fracas that was going on. This child, who had to go through that, was in a state of obvious hysteria. She was kicking and thrashing and yelling, and these large policemen were dragging her to a police car. They put her in the car, and eventually, she still didn't snap out of that. And, and you could really see the child was out of control, as sometimes happens with children because you don't know anything about her background. Right. Uh, and they put her in the back seat of a car, and eventually, pepper sprayed the child. Right. Now. There was something of, a, of an outbreak, of, I think, of uh, protest about that, but I don't know how far it went. But the point is that when that was brought up on the program, the host being informed of that and watching the film of it said, well, the, the, the police had asked her to be quiet. Uh, how do you justify something like that? Uh, when, when you have totally lost your sense of humanity by being overwhelmed by a lot of political extremism of one kind or another or this ideological uh, absolute explosion of nonsense. Right. Something's radically wrong there. Yeah, you, you don't, I don't know if you saw that or not or knew about it. That was my observation. And then another, I beg your pardon, Well, that is, you see, you don't know. You weren't in the heads of all these people. But I can understand how the, how the mother would respond to that. I certainly can understand that completely. Because what's happened is the, the political establishment has, has somehow uh, pigeonholed us according to race. Everything is diversity and race now. The, the identity politics, as it is called. And yeah. so what happens is we have been driven to think in those terms. You look around, the first thing you do when you see somebody is what they look like. Yeah, and right. uh, and it's a shame because th- this quote diversity has been shoved down our throats and up our you know what's to the extent that everybody's thinking that way right now race. Th- there was a statement one time by a brilliant uh, writer named uh, uh, oh for heaven's sakes I- I'll, I'll I'll come up with it because so many thoughts are going on right now. Martin Buber, and Martin Buber was was a, a brilliant historian. And he wrote one time. He was writing about the Hasidans, uh, the Hasids, and the, uh, the Shem Tov, the founder of Hasidism, back in uh, the early 18th century. And he said he made the statement that God is in every thought of every pious Jew. And it occurred to me now the same line, but race is in every thought in every mind of practically every American now, and it's been shoved in there. We, we've had th- th- this this runaway. Not only an end a high colonic of racial division, right? From politicians who figure they can best round up people to get votes that way.
1: Right.
0: That that, that is that is a, this is a damn crime.
1: Yeah.
0: So, but, uh, and I'm sorry to get off on a tirade, well, but that, um, that, that upsets me. And and here we are at each other's throats. Yeah. Simply because of a bunch of damn self-serving, egomaniacal, greedy political figures right. that we have put into office. And yes, you can see from my head, I've been telling you this for years. How many times have I told you and suggested the grip, G-R-I-P, get rid of incumbent politicians. Term limits. Go to the polls and vote anybody out. You may be in love with it. Maybe a member of your family, vote them out. Do that a few voting cycles. And sooner or later, as H.L. Mencken once said, even a United States Senator, if failed repeatedly with a bung starter, would eventually get up and use his head.
1: Yep. (laughs) So, hey, um, is it just me, Jim, or watching some of these national press conferences and some of these uh, new political leaders out there, even on the state level when it comes to the um, to the to the virus and all that stuff. Is it just me or if I, am I just seeing a bunch and hearing a bunch of double talk? I mean, I'll spend like 30, 45 minutes looking at these things and hearing some of these people field questions from the press and then they'll either say, oh, we'll get back to you. We'll circle back on that. Uh, that's a very good question. I don't have a damn good answer for you right now. Um, or they'll just double talk their way you know, into a tizzy, and, well, and you'll just say to yourself, what the hell did I just watch?
0: This, of course, cuts kind of to the heart of a problem is that we have no idea because so much is going on that is not rational. Human beings genetically have had a compulsion to try to understand things that are going on. So many things that are going on are totally irrational. And it's upside down. And yet we do have this drive to try to understand it. That is the incubator of conspiracy theories. Yeah. When things are so screwed up, we do not know what's going on. Then immediately the mind tries to fill in the blank or correct the dots. And the dots are all over the place. Right. It's unconnectable. <laughs> and right. so here are all these conspiracy theories come up. Yes. Uh, and, and that, again, is sort of feeding into our national problem. I don't know. It, it's 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 very difficult to figure out. I, I think, as I said, I think this uh, this change of regimes in Washington is much bigger. I don't think it has sunk in quite yet because I think they made a huge mistake. And the mistake was to jump in with all fours right off the bat. Right. With their uh, their their radical you know left stuff, I think they should have left it. just put it on the back burner for a while till people to get you slip in a few at a time. And I think the President uh, Biden, missed a great opportunity. what a what a beautiful opportunity to go down in history as one of the greatest presidents by actually promoting unity. Yeah. But instead of that, he chose or they chose for him, however this works, and who's running the show? Nobody knows. But uh, true unity and uh, reconciliation would have certainly lifted this president out of the ordinary and put him on some kind of a pedestal, a uh, pedestal with a great president. Instead of that, by coming out right off the bat, right at the firing gun, the bugle blew and comes out of a gate right to the left with all of these what uh, uh, orders, executive orders. And I think history ultimately, although his side will get to write the history for a while if they they hold on to their win, but he will probably end up out there sitting at the table not with Lincoln and Jefferson, but probably Miller T. Fillmore or Chester A. Author,
1: or worse. Yeah.
0: So I I think that was a huge opportunity missed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I...
1: I Jim, I, lo- I lost count. I mean, how many executive orders were signed over the last two weeks? The guy's got to have carpal tunnel syndrome by now. I mean, it's got to be well over 50, right? And then plus the executive actions, which are different than the orders. I've lost count. And it just seems like, you know, just willy nilly, he's just signing stuff because he wants it. I mean, where's this, where's the legislators, where's the Congress coming in on this? And while we're talking about that, Jim, I'm really freaked and concerned about the word reconciliation. I mean, (laughs) that's like a bypass. That's like, you know, an end round to the democratic process, I feel.
0: Well, that's new speak. You know, it's almost right out of 1984. Reconciliation means tearing apart. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and just, we're destroying, utterly annihilating anybody who does not share your particular political philosophy. I'll give you one to chew on. And again, because it's so difficult to believe anything that's coming out of the media right now, uh, this might not be totally right spot on. But I, I, I think certainly this would be an intention, if not a fact. Yeah. One of the first bills I have read, to be considered by the new Congress, which is, of course, democratically uh, a Democratic majority. One of the first bills is a bill to take election matters out of the hands of the states, where they are now, election laws, election rules, election procedures, and put that in the hands of the federal government. Now talk about Newspeak, that's under the notion, well, this time it'll be fair. There will be no more of this uh, worrying about whether there were false votes and a and, uh, uh, corrupt election because the government will control, the federal government, the administration will control it. Well, look what happens there. We all sit back and say, look, if we don't like what's going on, let's be patient. Let's be cool. If we don't like what's going on in two years, there's a midterm election. Yeah, We could vote them out and stack again the uh, the, the Congress with The other side, uh, the traditional, people of traditional ideology. And so we can vote all these people out. But what happens now when the federal government controls the elections, they can do anything they want with the midterm election. This, I think, uh, if this is true, I think this is one of the the motivations, is to control that midterm election, which I think even the left can see as a possibility for the people, the 75 million who didn't vote for them, to kick butt. And so they can overcome that by controlling elections. The state no longer will set the rules, the laws, or the dates. They could conceivably even would have the congressional and the administrative executive power to postpone or to cancel the election if they think it's going to go against them. So these are these are pretty heavy things that are going on right now in this country. And it's very, very difficult to to sort it out. I had a... uh, I was looking up the word insurgency, which the uh, the left uses that for this riot that happened in the Capitol. And I was saying, had to say to myself, like we're exaggerating that. And insurgency is when a huge number of people get up and their notion, uh, their agenda is to overthrow the government. We see that in other countries. And uh, so I looked it up. And, and actually, that's not a, 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 but an un- incorrect term. Insurgency: the selective use of violence against. Uh, no, wait, 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 no, I got another thing here. Oh boy, I got the, I got the wrong definition here. But an insurgency actually uh, is covered by a group of people. Uh, uh, all right, here we go. The selective use of violence against people or groups who do not comply politically with the wishes of the rebels. Mm. So to a very small extent, maybe a tempest in a, in a political teapot, this was an insurrection of sorts because here are people with a particular ideology ideology, committing violent acts against people who do not comply with their political ideology. Right. So uh, as much as I hate to admit it, but I think the real insurgency, the real takeover of government has been by the left, yeah. which also would qualify as an insurgency. How do you have these groups with total impunity on the West Coast and, and growing in other places, burning down uh, establishments, businesses, government operations, police stations and everything, and it's not uh, not prosecuted at all,
1: right? And well,
0: they we- keep doing this because they obviously know they can. So you've got it going both ways here with this insurgency business. but I think this uh, the, the insurgency from the left, uh, right now is in the catbird seat, and it pretty much taken over the uh, the government. And there's going to be a sea change now from what we have have experienced. And one of my big problems is how do people cope with this? I uh, be, uh, because of the irrationality of it, and because it is so counter to the way our minds have been uh, what programmed if it were right. <laughs> our neural uh, activities and passageways here have been sort of trained toward one idea, and basically, fundamentally, uh, you can kind of come down to this this great schism now in the image of the country. The left says this is an evil place, America is an evil place, and they go through a laundry list of all these, these abuses and terrible things and end up with a line, the progressive handbook ends up with a line saying, and it must be annihilated or destroyed. The other hand, most of us uh, with a few years on us have been programmed to say, this is the land of peace and plenty and opportunity. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is the greatest country in the world. My country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty. And I pledge allegiance to the flag. You got two things that are more than 180 degrees apart. Yeah. conflicting in, in, in the the, 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 the mind, the ethos of the, of the population. Yeah. So uh,
1: around and around she goes, and when she stops, nobody knows. So we just have a couple of more seconds here. I, I yeah. got a question for Dan before we leave. Dan, why is my gas costing me an extra 35 cents a gallon? We were on the phone this morning, and you were pulling into a gas station, and I think you had uh, sticker shock. Uh, you said, wow, look at that what was like a 270 where you where you were something like that <laughs> and that's that's your own over there too right you get out and get all that smelly gas on your hands right oh wow Oh. Well. well, that that's gone up from around 210 at the beginning of the year to about 250. So we're at at least 35 40 cents more per gallon. And is there any explanation? I don't think it's because of the gas tax. That hasn't kicked in yet. At
0: the same time, we're being told that the uh, the, the pandemic is going to get worse, and now we have this new strains coming in, and you have the borders about to be open with people coming up from an area of the Western Hemisphere where these new,
1: more potent viruses have kicked in, yeah. bringing that in. Oh boy. Oh boy. So, so, ba- so basically, that was a great double talk uh, press uh, release you just gave us there, Dan, on the caustic. I have no idea what you said, but it sounds good to me.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's always yeah. great to be with you. God bless you. Yeah. Uh, we, got, we got some interesting times ahead and uh, we'll all hang together. Maybe we'll survive them.
1: Yeah. All right, Jim. Thank you and enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. We're here live on Facebook Live every Thursday at ten thirty. You can catch us on demand anytime you want at NJ one oh one five dot com and on our app and all of our other station platforms. Thanks again for tuning in. Dan, Jim, thank you. And we'll catch you next week, everybody. Thank you.
0: Okay.